pleasure to be able to open this LSE conference tonight. This is a part of a collaborative program with the University of Cape Town, and it's an exciting program for us. We are learning a lot. It's intellectually enriching for the LSE side. I hope it is for the Cape Town side. It has several different components. There's a July school. We hesitate to call it either a summer school or a winter school. And based on UK standards, we've had summer for the last two days and winter is coming. The, uh, the July school is an exciting development. It has students this year from 44 countries. Uh, we wish that every event was as wonderful and popular. We surveyed the participants from last year and had 96% enthusiastic approval. This year, there is an increase of more than 40% in the students enrolled. And they not only come from all over, they come from a variety of different walks of life. The school includes a number of people who are not full-time students, but full-time workers using their vacations or breaks from their work to come and attend courses offered by UCT and LSE faculty members in collaboration with each other. So that's exciting. We have a variety of new initiatives, collaborative degree programs, joint supervision of PhD students, research collaborations between UCT and LSE faculty members. So we hope we're becoming increasingly rooted in Cape Town. And we are pleased that this is the second conference of this kind, the second event at which some of our wonderful leading LSE faculty members come to speak to an audience here with leadership from uh, colleagues as chairs of the program. Let me say just a little bit about the LSE and a little bit more about our theme um, and offer some ritual thanks. First, most of you will have heard of the LSE, and that's not its full name. It's the London School of Economics and Political Science. And it was founded back at the end of the 19th century to be innovative, but also to be supportive across a variety of social needs, to work on issues of local administration, to work on issues of infrastructure, and in due course of public administration across a variety of different fields, themes that are important today. In fact, today we have sometimes a worry that there aren't the educated leaders, but that there also isn't the ideal of public service that has sometimes been important. We really need that. We need it in South Africa, where the effort to build the country is dependent on people who both have the skills and education and have the commitment to public service and to working on behalf of the common good. We need it in the UK for the same reasons. The UK built an extraordinary public sector, which has in many ways suffered in recent years as resources became constrained and as allocations shifted. Uh, we benefit from public-private partnerships, but public-private partnerships aren't just obvious sorts of collaborations where you say, right, we have corporations in the private sector, we have government agencies, let them work together. They require their own skills, their own knowledge. To be able to run public-private partnerships effectively is something that um, we hope we can support. We support this through research and trying to understand the conditions of effectively working for the common good 
from the private sector, from civil society and NGOs, or in government. We support this also with educational programs in which we train a number of wonderfully talented students. The LSE started really as London began to become one of the world's first mega cities. So a lot of energy at the LSE went into making sure it had public transport, that it worked on poverty programs and slum clearance, that it worked to improve educational opportunities, that it worked on social welfare issues. These are all themes that haven't gone away, but they've changed. They are still urban themes in which the growth of a city is a growth of, of the kinds of opportunities that are available for some, but also often of inequality and exclusion and a geography of opportunity and poverty. And so the mission of trying to work to create chances for everyone is still a very current event. But it's not just cities. It's globalization. It is an international economy, a set of international relations, and it is new structures at the national level as national governments contend with a variety of different challenges over time. So we're happy at the LSE to still be useful. We're occasionally sorry that we're still useful for some of the old problems that haven't been fixed. We haven't eradicated poverty. 120 years of trying, and we're still trying. The issues are deep, they're challenging, and they're ones that engage us as intellectuals in our research and engage us as teachers in educational programs, but they are above all public issues. And part of the LSE's history, part of its DNA, if you will, has been to be publicly engaged. We are not a university that sees itself as set apart from the rest of society. We're a university that sees ourselves directly and constantly engaged in urban life, in national life, in international life, and in the effort to address problems wherever they may exist. So, like our partners, the University of Cape Town, we're engaged on issues of climate change and environment. We're engaged on issues of health and health care. We're engaged in public service delivery. We're engaged in the issue of inequality. We're engaged in the issue of cities. And these all are themes that are important globally, but they're themes that take on very special resonance here. And for us, it's important to be here. It's important for us to think of global connections not as the same thing happens everywhere, but as interconnections in which the way in which we confront issues in one place is interconnected to the rest of the world. We can learn from best practices in different places and bring that knowledge to bear in any locality. But we will learn from Cape Town. We will learn from South Africa. And in the quest for a better, more viable society with more equitable opportunities, with successful state delivery of public services with successful collaboration between the private sector and the public sector, there will be learning that is shared widely. The theme of this conference speaks to these issues that are core issues that the LSE is committed to deeply and in all of its work. The theme of thinking about Africa in the world and the world in Africa speaks to this, but it speaks to it in a way that is distinctive 
So the LSE, as a global university, would be missing something if it weren't engaged in Africa and if it weren't thinking about both directions that are signaled by the talk tonight, the two talks tonight. The LSE has been a university deeply engaged and influential in Africa through its history. In the first half of the 20th century, the first two-thirds of the 20th century, the LSE educated a variety of African leaders, people who became um, leaders of the Pan-African movement of independence and of post-independence nation-building in a number of parts of Africa, people who were part of the anti-apartheid struggle in South Africa in crucial ways, contributing both to that political struggle but also then to the effort at the construction of new institutions and the reshaping of institutions after 1989. But the financial basis for this has shifted over time. Governments were pivotal at one time. The UK government sponsored students. The Commonwealth sponsored students. And we still have a variety of scholarships that we're pleased exist, like the Chevening Scholarships. But increasingly, the LSE has become expensive. And this is an issue for creating opportunities for African students as for others. And we're pleased that there are private donors, alumni and others, who underwrite places for students who can bring exceptional talent and dedication and motivation to an LSE education and to putting that LSE education to work afterwards. So we are part of Africa in our own special way as a UK university, but one that has educated Julius Nyerere, educated Kwame Nkrumah, educated a variety of leaders in South Africa. And while we're proud of that history, we're aware that the present is a different set of circumstances. And so we want to work with South African colleagues. We want still to have more South African students and expand that line of contribution, but we also want to be part of life here, contributing to the ways in which knowledge is brought to bear on basic social issues. We're proud that our alumni are working on this in a variety of settings. We're proud to be here. Now that relates to the theme because it's always been the case, and it is especially the case today, that Africa is not isolated. What happens here is constantly the result of what goes on in a set of global interconnections. That's more evident in South Africa than probably in any other country of the world. The extent to which the national, the international um, are interwoven in the history of the country and interwoven today. The themes of Africa and the world, the world in Africa, suggest two sides to this. And they both involve things that I think our distinguished colleagues will illuminate and and open up for us, but they both involve things that we need to think more about. We have a sort of habits, we have habits of mind to think about this. We have habits of mind to think about the colonial history or about global capitalist financial connections. We have habits of mind to think, right, there's this foreign introduction of capital, a foreign introduction of business, a foreign introduction, but it's not foreign. It's indigenous too. It is part of a common process in which South Africa participates. And so the themes, the double themes of Africa and the world, the world in Africa, are about African participation. They include right, the ideas of stereotypes of contributing world music and art. 
but they include every kind of economic activity. They include technology. They include science. They include learning how to solve a variety of problems. If the world successfully addresses climate change, and I say if because it's by no means guaranteed, it will do this in significant part in Africa and on the basis of African knowledge. So this is a center. Conversely, right, the, there is a stereotypical history of the world coming to Africa in terms of colonialism, in terms of global domination, and that's real. But it also is in terms of a variety of other relationships, migrations that have shaped the continent, religion that shapes people's lives today, coming from a variety of sources. And so in South Africa, in Africa generally, right, we have one of the many places in which the global and the local defy that separation and reveal constant interconnection. Problems with that interconnection, but also possibilities and gains. So for the LSE, it's important to be a part of this. We're pleased to be building an Africa center, not simply to study history of Africa. We will study history of Africa. We do but to be engaged in building bridges in all the different subjects we work in, in law, in management, in economics, in social policy, in international relations, in a host of different fields, to be engaging the African path to the future. And to be engaging this alongside our engagements in Brazil, in China, in India, in other places, because each of these holds lessons for the rest because this entwined global history is a history of tackling particular challenges in particular places, but with interconnections and with the ability to learn from each other. So that I hope that the LSE-UCT partnership is part of this effort for us all to learn together things that we wouldn't learn in isolation or separation and be able to solve problems that we can solve better from global knowledge. Let me um, give a few thanks before I conclude with thanks to our speakers. First of all, thanks to all of you who made time to be here. Thanks to LSE alumni who came out and are part of this. We're pleased to have nearly 500 South African alumni and to have a number of you in this audience. But we're pleased also to connect to a range of people who are not LSE alumni, not even necessarily UCT alumni, but interested in this. A third ingredient to the LSE's history, along with teaching and research, has always been public engagement. The university has always reached out to try to be a part of public life. It has always been active in maintaining public engagement, not just academic engagement, around basic issues. And tonight is an example of this. Thank you all for being here and being a part of this. I'd like to thank our uh, students who have volunteered, students from the July School. They're, they're visible. We've marked them out with red shirts, um, who volunteered to come and be helpful in this. These are parts of the wonderful student community at the LSE and at the joint LSE-UCT Summer School. They will do things like get the microphone to you if you want to ask a question of one of the speakers, but they've been helpful in so many ways, and we're grateful for them. And let me thank all of those who worked in organization. I won't try to do this by name, but a number of colleagues from both um, LSE and UCT have contributed to this, um, and their support is invaluable. 
But let me stop talking, because people who are more interesting than me are about to talk. We are privileged to have a terrific program tonight, and we have uh, two very distinguished speakers who are here, uh, my colleagues Tandika Mukandaware and um, Chris Alden. And we also benefit from having um, Edgar Peters and uh, Jean November, who are here, Jean September, who are here to um, open the events and share the sessions so that we have a distinguished program, potentially an exciting program, but I need to close with two more remarks. One, you have a responsibility. It is a long-standing LSE tradition to ask really hard questions. Right? Students at the LSE do this in their classes. Part of how students learn at the LSE is the other students ask hard questions. The other students come from 146, 150 different countries. They ask hard questions informed by their different experiences, and everyone learns more. Well, you have that obligation in the audience. Ask our speakers some difficult questions. They're LSE professors. They know to expect it from the students. Um, in fact, I recently hosted George Soros at the LSE, an LSE alumnus, and he gave a speech. And after the speech, the students asked him some really hard questions about his personal financial dealings, about his engagements in politics. Afterwards, he said to me, oh, they're still a really argumentative bunch, aren't they? <laughs> Right? He paused, and then he said, you know, I like that. And we all like it. It's part of how we learn. So take on that task. Secondly, somebody asks a really great question or makes a great comment. For those of you who are social media users, the hashtag on Twitter for tonight's event is hash L-S-E-N-C-T. Um, and we encourage you to go ahead and make a comment. You can say... That Tandika really knows his stuff. Or you could say, Tandika, I'm not so sure. Either way, right? Join in the conversation. Um, be a part of this. Ask the hard questions. Tweet. Um, and we hope converse with each other as a part of this great event. Thank you for being here. Now to our audience. <laughs>